This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nonzada, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the sweaty, muscle-bound, jacked-up, veiny, throbbing hmm. monstrosity of a man that is Justin Waddell. How's it going, Justin? I mean, it's it's going. It's going. It's a, this is a got a few more days till uh, Christmas, Nick. Are you all shopped up? Not really. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm hitting here. I'm hitting here. Are you all shopped up? Oh, yeah. Well, I've got some for you. So I'm you looking do? at it. I'm looking right at it. Yep. But uh, I don't want to talk about that because Christmas this year should be not happening. It's so stupid. You think it should be canceled? I just think it, it, it's it, to try to create a fake reality of of normalcy is douche. I think we should be. I think we should take the 25th. First of all, realize it's a bogus holiday <laughs> built on a bed of lies. <laughs> but also, we should sit, you know, in a in a circle far enough away mm. but close enough away, and just talk about like what they like, say wtf to each other just over and over again well i guess i guess i'll uh, throw out my uh, covid christmas card i was gonna send to you <laughs> happy covid christmas no I, I don't know what it is this uh I'm, I'm you know i usually you know love getting little knickknacks and prizes and what you know all the little mm-hmm. shindigs and it just feels hollow you didn't ask for anything. You didn't. You have anything on your wish list? I have a bunch of stuff on my wish list, but I don't even bother putting it out there because it's it's never it never happens. So give me your, give me your number one so, most so wanted. What I got was a gravel path. Uh, I had I had a gravel path put uh, was put in on the side of the house. That was my Christmas gift. It's a very like adult Christmas wish. Yeah, yeah. I want a gravel path. How does it how did it work out? I mean, it gets people's feet across the land looks nice what kind of stone you got on there it's just like pebbles it's fine it's color nah it's it's a form over function you know do you ever take a bare feet to that thing and see see how it feels no no Hmm. i'm a a grown animal i don't do that shit what about you what do you what do you are you excited you getting like a you know you getting like a two-pack hoodie or something what are you getting i don't really ask for much like i don't really think about stuff that i wanted Cause I'm just kind of like that. I'm a little selfless here, but if you had a, you know, uh, twist my arm, PS five and Xbox hex, <laughs> whatever they call it. No, I, um, I don't, I don't know. I bought a cheap game for myself. Which one? Um, that new star Wars, like squadron. Game. I like it. Yeah, I have that. I like it. Yeah. So that was only $16. That's a uh, got super sale. That's a good sign for it. <laughs> Uh, so I'll pop that in, you know, 
and uh, try to fly as Baby Yoda. Do you think that's an option? Get, get ready for, for for some fan service. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you know what? The the all I want is for every morning for me to wake up and my firewood rack is filled with firewood. That's all I really want. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting a a fire pit, like a like an upgraded fire pit for the one I have outside. You have a nice one, right? It's fine. It's not even. Mm-hmm. It's not about the pit. It's about the togetherness that it provides. Yeah. We got I a thought- few- Got a few listeners of this very show that are frequenters of that old fire pit. I thought it was just about less about the friends that gather, the more about the look and the the fire heats uh, our bodies. Mm. Zoom in. <laughs> you think Santa ever mistakenly, you know, went you know went down the fire pit? Like you know, it, you know, he, instead of a chimney, like he was you know multitasking, going too fast, and ended his, up in his ass and ass down in a fire pit. It's possible. Or like what about like a brick oven pizzeria? Yeah. Santa's ass is on top of the food. He's got, is that he's got like cheesy, uh, cheese encrusted. What does he wear? Slacks. Yeah. And then the, the, that's what led to that Bing Crosby song. Santa's dick smells like pepperoni. <laughs> it's confusing. I wonder if it was like back in the day when there was less chimneys, it was easier, you know? And now he's like, fuck me, you know, yeah, yeah. too many. Dodging? You dodging? I'm hoping to. I, I've, you know, I've, I've seen some uh, disregard in my mm-hmm. travels. I've seen some disregard. Yeah. I, I got to see a family at Barnes & Noble today, seven people all together, friends and family together, all wearing their mask around their necks underneath their chins. Should not let them in. Kick them out, I say, especially now. But, you know, I wish more people were able to uh, not have this thing. Right now, it seems pretty awful, you know? Uh, zoom yeah. in yeah on that uh sad little wish of, of mine but um yeah it sucks so you see people all the time without um protecting themselves or others so yeah well i mean you gotta keep in mind there are people that don't wear condoms either it's true yeah mm-hmm. that's a huge one um but you know what the listeners they're not concerned with covid and they're not concerned with our christmas they're concerned with cutting edge film commentary it's evident by the overwhelming response that we uh we have provided a service and will continue to do so into 2021 Mm -hmm. little birdie little birdie told me judging by season three's response season four is almost guaranteed are we in season three oh yeah yeah oh man i didn't know (laughs) yeah i didn't know Season four will begin with Geronimo, I believe, if everything goes according to oh, man. our shareholders' plans. Wet people's whistles. Yeah. That, you know, wet their appetite. Who I else can't... is in Geronimo besides our, our, our favorite Jason Patrick? Matt Damon. I think Dennis Quaid, maybe? No, he's in the Alamo. Wes Studi. Maybe uh, some other fellow. Wow, I didn't know Matt Damon was in it. Yeah, it was one of his first roles. Was it? Yeah, wait until you see his hair. So we're going to, I can't believe that we're going to do Speed 2 and Geronimo back to back. I can't believe it. <laughs> You're getting all the Patricks out of the way. Nope. I, that's what, I, you know, that's what I love about him. He's working his ass off. So mm-hmm. by the way, it was a joke for a while, but literally there was a new Bruce Willis movie every two weeks. A new dog shit Bruce Willis movie <laughs> shows up on streaming every two weeks. You know, someone put a, a interview up with Rennie Harland. I don't know when 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 it was from, but he was talking about Die Hard Two and what a dick basically Bruce Willis was on that set, saying he didn't want to do any of the laugh lines and he wanted uh, McLean to be completely serious. And they had to work out a deal. Have you heard this? No. Where they they he got to do it his way, 
um, for like 50 takes, but then would shoot the one jokey line from the script once one time. And, and Harlan said they used every one of those one takes in the film. Um, yeah, he's talking about a dude that does not get it, you know, but he still exists. He's still killing it. I got a little worried because uh, I thought I thought um, he was. I thought there was going to be a sickness in their family. Yeah, well, yeah. Because he tweeted, "Rumor has it," and I thought, "Oh <laughs> shit!" It just turned out it was just telling telling us what he was streaming that night. <laughs> but I was really worried. Is he on social media? Wow, I didn't know. No, that would require some social skills. At Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I, I like I like that Bruno's dickhole in the movie Bruno is less dickhole than Bruno. <laughs> oh man, what? So what are you talking about? You've been watching some trailers of of Bruce. Willis? No, I just you know I live I live I refreshed it, the freaking new releases page on on Apple you know movie yeah. and every other week there's this like Bruce Willis this vague Bruce Willis thriller of some sort with with like a son of some actor and some other hot young girl who, who looks like they all look a little bit like a different version of Bridget Moynihan. I think that's like this, there's like a, a string of girls that are sort of, uh, you know, like I guess you would say, uh, we call them familiars of Bridget Moynihan and then the son of an actor or, or some wash up. Yeah. And you know, the, the one thing I've heard about him that I think holds true to this day is you really got to twist his arm to get him to be in something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you talking um, about you have to give him a stack of cash so heavy it twists his arm? I think you just, I don't even know if that, that's it. I think people, somebody calls his agent and they said, look, I want, and the agent says, yep, he'll do it. Look, I haven't even, no, he'll, he's in. But when, when, when does he start? <laughs> but can you, I, I mean, can you imagine you're an actor who has really busted it to get as far as to be in a movie like that? Yeah. And you see your your huge opportunity between takes, and you just want to talk to a, a veteran legend, and you go up to Bruce Willis and say, "Man, I've admire your work. I've, I've I've followed you since I was you know a young man, and I just want to say." And Bruce Willis, he turns around, and Bruce Willis's hair, his lack of hair, is across the room. <laughs> what if Bruce Willis like taught an acting master class? <laughs> if that was a thing, you know? Well, you know how they have that thing that's the workout thing called mirror where the, you work out in front of that screen? Yeah. And you see yourself? I think it would be a lot like that, where it's Bruce Willis is looking into into Bruce Willis, checking for checking his pores out, you know, like squinting in there, just seeing if everything's still there, see if his nose still has that that that, cr that cool shape to it. Mm -hmm. That's the secret to Bruce Willis, is that nose. He's got an amazing nose. Yeah. His nose is like a, a piece of mountain that, that Ethan Hunt would love to climb. You know, it's, it goes out and then down and then out a little bit more and then down. It's hot. He's got a fucking great nose. That's a great description of his nose. I saw a little behind the scenes uh, footage in one of his movies recently where that director was like giving him some direction saying, um, could you try, could you maybe try acting in the scene? You know, could you like do acting? Try that, do acting here. And uh, Bruce said, no. The guy had to pay $6 for the no. I mean, just try to act here. Would that be? I just, I'm just like a wild thing that occurred to me. If you could say the lines, but like as a character, Bruce has, Bruce has his headphones on. He needs his his Jim Belushi. He needs a, a, a less talented, harder working version of himself, like a brother that didn't make it. You know, he needs a uh, Brian Doyle or a Jim a, Hanks. Yeah, 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 Luke Hemsworth. You know, he needs one of them to kind of force him to be something. 
to humble him a little bit. Yeah. I like, agree with you. Like Roderick Dempsey, you know, like one of the, like the, you know, Seamus Lundgren, like all those guys that are just almost the big boy. You used to tell me you never seen a movie with Drew Willis before. <laughs> it's Brother Drews. <laughs> all of this is, of course, a precursor to the real reason we're here doing a big one today. It actually is a big one. This it, is like one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. So, guys, it's the movie Microscope, the show where we zoom in. We uh, we cover ourselves in ash and travel through the tundra under the guise of night, and we struggle b- beyond time and and wrench ourselves free of our guilt and watch a film through the schism of chiz. <laughs> And we see what makes or breaks, and we share it with our beautiful listeners. You know, so if we're talking about Moonlight Mile, we wouldn't talk about the scene where Susan Sarandon in a bikini swims down Dustin Hoffman's piss stream. We talk about the little moments. I never knew what that title meant. (laughs) I I don't think I ever saw that movie. Early Gyllenhaal, right? Oh, God. Is it about Rebecca Schaefer? Is that the movie that is kind of based on the actress that passed away? That died. It was murdered, actually. Rebecca Schaefer. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Why? I haven't. Who plays that? Not Jake. Well, so. That can't be the same movie. It is, I think, because it's about the aftermath. And so it's about him reconnecting with her the family after the daughter's murder and he was like in love with her i think that's the movie and it's it's written by the guy that was dating her at the time or something i think that's right that's amazing rebecca schaefer is known for what other than getting shattered by life well she was a you know she was on a sitcom called my sister sam she was very like oh she was a cutie yeah she was great she was in a couple things she's very young and she was murdered by a stalker it was awful um it terrible but um I think she was like super up and coming. Like she was just starting to be in movies and stuff. So at what point in her career did somebody swim down a piss stream? Well, this is, you're talking about the <laughs> the movie Moonlight Mile. God, it's funny. That is one of the earliest Gyllenhaals right around Bubble Boy. Ugh, oof, bad. Mm-hmm. bad. I saw, I've seen it. So let's set the stage here. Mm-hmm. 1982. Do you remember the mystery about this movie? No, I don't. I, I remember it was such a huge movie, though. Well, the funny thing was, before it came out, there was this very mysterious teaser trailer that I think just showed you E.T.'s hand, like like reaching around the chair or something like that. And there was this huge mystique about it. And they didn't show Dick uh, from the movie until it came out. And I remember we went and see it right away, because even then I was a little Spielberg fuck face. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was you know, transcendent experience. But... The funny thing about ET is it's it's like it's almost like a like a really sweet candy because you when you have it a little too much of it you hate it you it's mm-hmm. like when you have that extra candy corn and it all of a sudden becomes the worst thing you've ever eaten right that's what this movie kind of got like like after it came out you saw it like a few times and it was the best thing ever and then it bit you bit you on the ass I see what you're saying a little too saccharine maybe for for your tastes I don't know I th- I think it was just too much of a good thing where. You know, and I think also you think about what, what you know, what came, what, what it caused, the damage that it did to other films <laughs> like it, you know? I know, I know. It. I just remember seeing advertisements for it and it being like, I guess that's the mystery, right? I was, I was bewildered, but I didn't know what to make of it. I remember it, E.T. being very prominent, you know, and those letters and um, just being very interested in what it was. And, you know, it obviously... Like what has Spielberg done at this point? Obviously Jaws, but he had Raiders. Done, he had what done else? yeah those. He had done Sugarland Express and Duel. Yeah. Um. Anything big besides forty one? No, Close Encounters. 
Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was like, had he done the terminal? <laughs> he was in can't miss mode, I guess, Spielberg, right? Except 1941. <laughs> Never mind. Um, and I think Twilight, uh, Twilight Zone was after this, I think. And so he was kind of known for, I guess, a little bit of sci-fi stuff, right? Because of Close Encounters. So Yeah, well, and, and this... Yeah, it just... It wasn't known for cute yet. I guess not. It would be super cute. It is. It's so funny when you watch it now how utterly Spielberg it is. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Almost to a fault. Like, it's, it's, it almost feels like a caricature of Spielberg because of how ingrained a lot of those techniques and, and, and motifs are now. Well, it feels so... That's the thing is it feels so effortless when you watch it and it feels so natural, like a lot of the scenes, like with the kids and stuff, and that is such mimicked and copied by everybody. You know, it's just the way he shot that. And um, it just, it feels like a documentary a little bit, you know, those scenes early on. Um, but, you know, the, obviously been ripped off for 40 years now, almost, you know. Um, uh, Stranger Things, what I'm thinking of immediately. I mean, Stranger Things rips off completely. You know? Stranger Things is a is nothing but rip, rip off. It isn't. Yeah, it is. Um, but in particular, I think it really owes a lot to this. You know, this just the way he sets up the kids here at the beginning. You know, it's funny. It's a. It's not a lot of stuff. But in my memory, it felt like there was a lot of character development in those early scenes. And it's and he does. He has a great economy of of establishing these characters very fast, yet well, instantly becoming recognizable. And it's, yeah, it goes along. It, it does a lot of work because he cast it so well. That family, they they feel like a real family, like immediately. Yeah. Um, and their dynamic just feels real. Like all the, not and the, the, and not, the and not the father as much. <laughs> it's his divorce. Yeah, it's a divorce movie. Elliot early on twists the divorce knife on his mom. I forgot about that. Yeah. Instantly regrets it. You saw this in the theater a bunch of times. Huh? A bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I got, I think I got a little peer pressure. Uh, for loving it so much for some of my friends. You know, it's like, you, you know, come on, little crybaby. Did it become uncool? I think it did. I mean, we were, we were 10 when it came out. But so. every, everything that's hugely successful becomes uncool at some point. A- Avatar, uh, you know, Prayer of the Roller Boys, um, you know. I was terrified in this movie at 10 years old. I was scared of E.T. because of the... Elliot going into the cornfield, which I don't. How does he have a cornfield right outside his house? By the way, in L.A. But or whatever, wherever he, wherever yeah. he is, that scene freaked me out so much because I, I really did have a deep seated fear of aliens when I was a kid. I thought aliens were going to materialize in my room at, and just do you know, like either kill me or kidnap me. Yeah, I couldn't sleep when I was a kid. So then seeing a movie about an alien, even a cute alien, I was. That's my worst nightmare is to, to be somewhere dark and an alien is there. So this movie helped me get past that fear because Elliot or because ET was so um well, he's a buddy. He's it's a so buddy. weird that at age ten you would have ingested enough alien fiction to have a, a fear of them. You know where it came from? Mm-mm. Spielberg. It came from. I'm not kidding you. It came from Close Encounters, and it came from those fucking trading cards. Do you remember those? Yeah, of course. So, so I have a, a pack of those trading cards before I even saw the movie. And those trading cards terrified me. They're they're innocent. There is nothing in there terrifying. You talking about those I mean, those bald little cute uh, oh, little, even like, just the Tim I mean, Taro the, guys, <laughs> the ships, I the 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 bald headed guys. Like it just I was 
the otherworldliness of it, it just freaked me. And of course, I was fascinated by it. But uh, those cards, ugh, I have them. I have them somewhere still. I think the originals. Yeah, uh, you did a good job. Boy, are they worth money? Well, I'm sure they're worth money, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, keeping your enemies close. You know, I I respect that. You know, you could have easily uh, beaten them by throwing them into the trash or burning them or putting them in the spokes of your bicycle. Instead, you've kept them close to you. Uh, as a as a means of fighting off this extra T PSD, I did write. I will not be controlled by th- this card on each of them. <laughs> is that is that you think that hurts its va- their value or? Yeah, I think it'd be funny if you go back and you look at them now and you realize it's Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> but yeah, so I my f- fear of aliens I think came from Close Encounters and assuming what it was about before I saw it. You know, like just the tra- the trailer and the cards. So the premise is that age old trope about an alien botanist getting stranded on Earth. <laughs> that old gem. I forgot so much about the beginning of this film. I didn't... Oh, there's I, something in particular that blew me the fuck away. All right, what is it? The tree face thing. Yeah, of course, in the ship? Yes. I know, it was, and it was moving. Uh, you know, that's very strange, but also, I forgot you. we even went inside the ship. Yeah, and that may be an ad for the special mm-hmm. edition or whatever the later edition was, but hilarious yeah i don't remember that either i don't remember a lot of that because you know i'm sure spielberg everybody always wanted to see the inside of the ship right and and close encounters did he later serve that up yes in the extended editions yeah so maybe he took that to heart here and wanted to show a little of that uh, spaceship real estate so to speak yeah you know i think everybody was surprised in close encounters when it was velora and wood grain on the inside but yeah anyway, that, that's a shitty weird spaceship on the inside and the mm-hmm. outside uh, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a, it's or- ornamental, but I wouldn't say it's beautiful. I think it's definitely unique to this movie. It, actually, it has a very old school spaceship look to it. It has like a Close Encounters vibe to it, sort of. I would go 50s, like 50s sci-fi. Yeah, but it's like, it's quite a ship. Um, E.T. is a bit of a dreamer. He's out, you know, uh, he's he's kind of like, I'm going to, you know, go a little further than the rest of my crew. I'm going to, I'm going to touch some pine some baby pine out here and look at the city. Yeah. And what does that get him, Nick? It gets him stranded. Mm-hmm. Gets him left. Yeah. And it's funny. So you think about the design of these creatures, these mm-hmm. botanists, not your quintessential alien, not the, no. se- the sectoid persona, not the mantis alien. These are, this is a new design, a squat, weird neck extending, glowing fingered and hearted lump of char, like caramel, sadness and wrinkles right it's like a lump of clay yeah you're right would you uh, allow me this would you say that et got matt damon in this by his crew oh you mean like the martian yeah or you mean like like in team america where he's a little confused looking well i just thought it was so similar because then when his his spaceship leaves and then he immediately starts uh planting potatoes in his own poop (laughs) (laughs) et never goes to the bathroom in this nick we don't know that. that we don't know that do you think he does? There's a reason Spielberg never shows the floor. <laughs> Every scene is, you know, kneecap level or up. Because I like and the idea that he leaves a little, little green boomerangs everywhere he goes. I'm just saying it's cute and fun until the aliens leaving the huge dumps in your bedroom closet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to put the newspaper down. I don't know. He starts levitating it. And I'd like to think in space, your asshole is someplace neat. You know, like not not in the old cheek area, like like because you look at E.T.'s asshole, his ass area is a, a smashy, a smashy, sad region. 
I'd like to think that his asshole is someplace prominent, you know, so he can shoot um, it out with a real, a good milk. <laughs> I wonder if there's some, uh, there's got to be some internet erotica, I imagine, surrounding E.T. And now look, E.T. is very childlike in this, but he's apparently a million years old. What? Yeah, some, I, Spielberg City is about a million. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The extended edition is them putting his birthday cake together. And uh, yeah, he's, Spielberg says he's a million in this. <laughs> Did you say a billion? A million. Okay. A million. I thought you were okay because I thought you were a little unrealistic with the with a billion. Mm-mm. I mean, a million, obviously. Yeah, he seems like a million, doesn't he? Bumping around the earth like a fucking clown. <laughs> He, he does he does move around like Pacino in uh, The Irishman, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Do you think it'd be like if he's a million years old, he'd be world weary. Like he'd be like universe weary. Like yeah. he'd be there smoking on whatever rolled up space plant he's got. Yeah. You know, and Elliot's over. He's like, oh, this fucking kid, you know? Yeah. Well, the funny then- thing is he's a youngster. Uh, you know, that's why they leave him behind. He's a he's a petulant child amongst them. Yeah, fucking. He does. Yeah, he's a million. Only a million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to leave him because we didn't say this. The 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 humans arrive with flashlights, right, and keys, and they are uh, all over the place. They must have uh, something must have happened on the radars. They got the radar up, and they they knew a spaceship was in town. Yeah, <laughs> so they're out there trying to find it. Et have fucked up. Yeah. He strayed too far, can't get back in time. But he's so cute, he's trying to hide. Then when he can't anymore, he just gives it up and screams and <laughs> makes a break for a ship. <laughs> Which is exactly what I would do. I totally relate. Yeah. 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 He totally uh he goes for it. Doesn't work out though. Got a little heart lights. Yeah. You know. So cute. Which of course Neil Diamond made a song about. Yeah. And I remember feeling cheated as a youngster. <laughs> Yeah, because it came out after the movie. It was in response to the movie. It wasn't. I know like, it, it was unofficial, like, right? It, well, well, no, it was official. It wasn't like it was um, written for the soundtrack. It was right. unofficial. But he spent that. That's the number I was looking up. He spent twenty five thousand dollars for the rights to sing a fucking ET song. <laughs> it's a good investment. Neil, it turned out to be yeah. But Neil Diamond. Uh, Already successful in his own right, mm-hmm. saw ET and lost his shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, uh, honey, let's go to the bank. I need to pay, you know, Universal Pictures for the rights to sing a song, a love song to ET. Because if you notice, in in relation, like the heart, the heart lights forty five had the ET a picture of ET on it. Yeah, I I can speak truths about this because I had it. It was one. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was one of those 45s. You remember like the special editions? Mm-hmm. You know, albums now you have like the blue vinyl or the different colored vinyl. Well, back yeah, then, with edition. 45, mm-hmm. if the slipcase for it was solid and didn't have a hole in it, you knew that they were fucking pretty, pretty impressed with what they've done. Of course. And the, the Heart Lights was a like a little cutie of E.T. sitting there. And there may have been a shot of E.T. and Neil Diamond together. I can't, I can't remember, but there may have been. We'll find it. But uh, that song infuriated me as a kid. Right. Because oh. of an adjective that he chose to use in the song. What? He, he's uh, 
okay, because you know Neil Diamond is a you know he and Burt Bacharach co-wrote it with him. Who Burt Bacharach's one of the legends, right? Yeah, of course. It's turn on your heart light, let it shine wherever you go, let it make a happy glow. You don't like that. The huh? word happy. I mean, you're a professional songwriter. Happy, that's the best you can do to describe the glow in E.T.'s tits. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather? I mean, magnificent, magnificent, you know, mm-hmm. awe-inspiring, life-changing. This is an alien whose chest is glowing. You know, it's, you know not, it's not like a, he's got a nice watch, you know? Here's why I don't consider it canon, and I don't like it that much. Elliot's not mentioned in the song. Is it not? Yeah. Get, get is he in he's not in he's not in the song is he i, I well he talks about taking a, cro- a ride across the moon oh he he's tangentially referenced then my fault uh, uh i i mean this is where we have to do it. we have to risk i'm gonna read you the hard light the hard, the, the lyrics let's see mm-hmm. let's dissect the yeah definitely right, elliot is definitely a part of this shit shit i was wrong okay come back again i want you to stay next time because sometimes the world ain't kind when people get lost like you and me i just made a friend a friend is someone you need but now that he has to go away i still feel the words that he might say turn on your heart light let it shine wherever you go let it make a happy glow motherfucker (laughs) for all the world to see turn on your heart light in the middle of a young boy's dream don't wake me up too soon gonna take a ride across the moon you and me Hmm. And then, th- th- then it's repetition, repetition. There's a like a stanza that says like, "And home's the most excellent place of all." And I'll be right here if you should call me. Turn your heart like you. And then the last line is, "Damn, D Wallace, hot." <laughs> <laughs> Did is it from ET's perspective or Elliot's? Then well, who's, who's, I don't think ET's telling Elliot to turn on his heart light. I don't know because at the end it sounds like it's. Are they switching perspectives? Is it a, is it a two hander? <laughs> I think it would be kind of funny if uh, whenever he got, whenever he liked a movie, he just went out mm-hmm. and bought the rights to sing a song about it. You know, so it's just, it's a shame that we never got to hear, uh, get out my skull crawl. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. Uh, to his wife is like, don't worry. I know this year is tough, but I just paid $25,000 to the rights of private Benjamin. And I think, <laughs> I think I got one. <laughs> Um, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that it was from the. He put himself in the shoes of Elliot to sing that song. I guess yeah. interesting. Or um, maybe a fly on the wall, you know. Or maybe at's he's done this to other kids. Or maybe, maybe even creepier is Neil Diamond is has positioned himself in Elliot's bedroom and and has watched this all unfold. That would be he does. There is a poster of Elvis Costello in Elliot's bedroom. Do you know that? Yeah, I don't, that that was uh that was off. That was uh, tone deaf. If you, because you meet you meet Elliot, he's a he's a he's not he's a piece of shit. Well, his brother's a fan. His brother sings an Elliot Costello song and or Elvis Costello <laughs> song. Elliot Costello, but yeah, Elliot seems a little young for uh, a fixation on uh, someone as cool as Elvis Costello. Makes you wish Elvis Costello had twenty five G's on him. That would have been a damn song, you know. I'd like to hear some competing Heartlight songs for sure. Yeah, or no, yeah. competing ET songs. I think you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, one from uh, you know D. Wallace's perspective. You know what I'm saying when she uh, later knocks some boots, obviously with keys. Peter Coyote's character. There, you know. By the way, we haven't gotten there yet, but the, one of my favorite things in this is that Peter Coyote turns an alien search into a, a quasi date at the end. <laughs> that is a game. 
that is a, a a player right there. Right. That's something that's not been done by many a man I, I, or a woman. I imagine. Neil Diamond could have retooled one of his older songs. Okay. Could have done September Morn. You know that song? I, I don't. I don't could have done so. Alien and Corn. <laughs> that is one of the biggest mysteries of this movie is they live next to a cornfield in California. Do you think Spielberg just wanted a cornfield? Like what? Or is that actually? I mean, if, yeah, you, if you want to create a facsimile of Americana, you couldn't you couldn't do much worse than a cornfield right next to the house. Yeah, but I mean, they live in like a, the suburbs and there's corn in their backyard. I just don't. It may just be weeds. It's corn. Yeah, it's I mean, corny. All right. Let's, so we back it up. You eat, the, 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 the spaceship takes off. E.T. mourns. Uh, he does. He's sad that his friends left. His little hands are, you know, reaching to the sky's little fingers. You don't get to see E.T. yet. You just see his, a lot of fingers and heart lights and stuff. And then it cuts to this family and they're, they're playing D&D. Of course. Which I loved as a kid. I love seeing. I, uh, yeah, I, I, it legitimized D&D &D to me in, in the eyes mm -hmm. of people around me. It's like, oh, 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 these guys could play. Now you're not going to make fun of me for playing this thing. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. worked. It worked like a charm. Yeah, we, we meet the, the group of people and, and you, you know, the dog, it's so Spielberg. The dog is interfering with the game. Everybody's talking over one another. The, everything's heightened. D. Wallace is the single mom who's trying to, she's flustered and dealing with it. I mean, it is, you see Thomas Howell's there, everything you want. Yeah, she's home. She's not home and the friends have taken over and she's kind of, she comes in a little bit later um, and gets mad at them because they ordered pizza and she didn't give them permission, but it's half-hearted. She's not that mad. You know, mm -hmm. um, but this is when Elliot, at, when he's getting the pizza, he gets startled by something in their shed, and that ET has taken refuge in and they're in their very Spielbergian lit shed. Oh my god, you know? the light coming out of that thing! <laughs> you could operate in that fuck. It's like a painting. <laughs> it's a painting, and uh, it almost it's beautiful. I love it though. Yeah, I mean that scene is. Once again, I think I think the thing about Spielberg is he knows how to take these heart wrenching commercials for, for you know it's like there's like little vignettes that are commercials that he yeah. he, he is assemble able you know he assembles it into a feature because that right. thing with the ball outside the shed could have easily been a like a Folgers commercial or right. something. It's really acute and very. I mean, it's it's not a knock on him. It's a very it's a very special skill that he's got. But that scene was high comedy as to me as a 10 year old. You loved it. When the ball comes back. Yeah. He's not expecting that. Yeah. yeah. And he slips on pizza. It's got a bunch of stuff you might like in that scene. Uh, calls his brother later, calls his brother penis breath, which was huge for me back in the day. I'd never heard that. I, my note says penis, penis breath, big one. That was a big one for me too. Um, you know, it's funny. And uh, you know, First of all, Peter Coyote and his group of guys, as we discover later on, they know that aliens are real, and he's had previous experience with them. Mm -hmm. And then they, when Elliot is uh, looking around for E.T. in the backyard, gigantic footprints everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not the hardest yeah. creature to track, if you know I what know, I mean. I know, yeah. um, <clears throat> The cornfield scene is where I got a little bit happy, because I watched it on, I believe, Netflix. So did I. And yep. the, I remember they released a the DVD or whatever the first when they fucked it up the first time when they added mm -hmm. the flashlights. Yeah, I re distinctly remember a CGI ET in that corn. I think there's a couple instances where he was enhanced, and maybe that was one of them. Certainly, um, you had recommended that I watch the Netflix version, which I did with my kids because I did not want to see 
a CGI version of ET. I wanted to see the puppet. And I think even Spielberg doesn't like that. Um, he said, he said, watch the original. He's, he's not a big fan of the tinkering that they did. Uh, I don't think the audience cares, but uh, what'd your kids think? My kids love, they really love the movie. I, but I, I think that they would, they would have probably been happy with the CGI ET. You yeah. Know? I mean, were they, were they, did they laugh at all the right moments? Were they heartbroken when his, when he became a great piece of shit? Of course they were. They were, they, they kept asking me if he's going to die. And I said, yes, he's, he's, yeah. he's already actually dead inside at least. Yeah. And they're going to tear him up. And then, uh, and I, and then after the movie ended, I was like, he actually killed himself on the way to his home planet. It sucks. Yeah. No, he, they, they were very concerned for him and, I had to reassure them, him that he, them that he would be okay. You know, I okay. spoiled it for him. Uh, uh, that's that's a different extraterrestrial. Oh, okay. Um, so, did you notice their kitchen table? How eighties it was. <laughs> okay, the extra, extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy that got left behind, he's like, no one even. Yeah, yeah. No one cares. Yeah. No one even gave me uh, Reese's pieces. Yeah. Who, um, nobody cares for PP. They, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, the, of course, it's very, yeah, it's very. It is, it's, it's an awkward shape and it's mm -hmm. built like into the wall. It's very strange. It made me super happy. I, one thing I do like about Elliot in this is that he's scared by the alien, but intrigued at the same time. Um, and, you know, he gets scared in the cornfield, then immediately the next day he's trying to, um, attract it back to its house with candy. And, you know, that's the big fuck up in this from, Eminem, remember they turned it down? They're yeah. like, we we don't want to put Eminem in this movie because we think ET's too ugly. Right. That was their excuse. And so they got Reese's at Reese's on the hook. And uh oops. Not that not an Eminem, not that Eminem's is hurting lately. They survived this uh, mistake. Yeah. Well, and and if I remember correctly, Reese's decided not to spend money to use ET's likeness, so they had to at the Gramufabits guy for a while as a marketing alien. Did they? Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. It was I know the, you brought him up before. What? Yeah, what it, was, it was just this creature, and it, what it would do, it would it, it would say like "etigramufabits," and there'd be an asterisk, and at the bottom it'd be the translation of what he's saying, and it was some sort of pro Reese's Pieces rhetoric. Right. It's fucking propaganda. What are what other candies they went after before they settled on Reese's? You know? Yeah, yeah. What other candies turn them down? Toblerone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow caps. Huge, <laughs> huge argument. What are those disgusting? Things with a shaved coconut on them that are like round, weird things. Shaved coconut. Yeah, they're not snowballs. They're, they're yeah, maybe snowball. I don't know. Maybe snowballs. Those are big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be snowballs. Gummy ETs. You know what's funny in my memory? I remember yeah. that I thought ET was eating them pieces, but he was. I did gathering, too. Yeah. Just gathering. He does. He does eat them later. You do hear him eating them later. Um, but yeah, he gathers them and brings them back to Elliot. I, th um, I think it would be amazing if E.T. instantly died from eating <laughs> processed food. Just He's like, and, and I love the fact, and I don't remember this all that well either, mm -hmm. is that they think he's a goblin. Yeah. Uh, which That's cute. Uh, yeah. Probably a, the kids. Yeah. Because Elliot is trying to warn everybody that he, there's an alien in the shed that he, there's, there, you know, no one believes him. And his brother makes fun of him. His mom doesn't believe him, obviously. And uh, he gets mad at everybody. That's when he kind of, that, that, that's when he, it lets the audience know that his dad left the mom for a uh, a younger model. Yeah, and they went to Mexico, a secretary or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I do like the I do like the scene where he goes. I got some good news and some bad news. Like the good news is I've I've made contact with the goblin, 
The bad news is it's only an alien. <laughs> uh, D. Wallace, pretty good in this movie. Looking like Daryl Hall in this. Because <laughs> her hair is so short? She just has a Daryl Hall look about her in this movie. I just I just think she's great. Doesn't turn me on any less. <laughs> and what else had she been in before this? The Howling? Howling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I What else? I can't even imagine. She had a huge zoom on the trivia. They, she said when she goes to conventions, people refer to her as Elliot's mom or the mom from E.T. <laughs> that is a big zoom. It's a super surprise to me that they would. Yeah, I thought Danny Pintaro's protector would be what they knew her best as. It's in Cujo. I forgot. Yeah, yeah well, in the book, yeah. that character does not make it. Yeah, I know. It's a huge mistake in the film to let that piece of shit live. So, yeah, anyway, E.T. soon is brought into the household. The kids, uh, Elliot, gets him in there and then immediately reveals to his brother in a very funny scene, I think, and his sister. The scene with Gertie meeting E.T. is the best. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, young Drew Barrymore in this, who's great. This movie, and Robert McNaughton playing the older brother, all those kids are great in this. Yeah. And obviously, Henry Thomas, who is fantastic as Elliot. Um, but, yeah, I think that's why this movie is very successful, is that I think... Yeah, obviously E.T. was cute, but those kids were very, they're just very good together. They're very good actors. The whole family. Anyway. Except for dad. Dad's not You know, it's funny. Is these, I mean, the, the sad truth is these guys found an, an alien visitor, fostered mm-hmm. him, had a life-changing experience, and all of that combined pales, pales next to what he got to do in Mexico that weekend. Man, he was just fucking doing so many lines off of her butthole and just my ties in the morning bj's in the afternoon slippers on the beach in the evening it'd be funny if uh you know dad calls up and elliot's like dad i found an alien he's like great gotta go you know <laughs> um what I, one of the funny things in this movie i i forgot was they always show from kind of the the waist down the the you know the adults in this movie you know you kind of see d wallace but Nobody else. None of the adults really. You get. You don't get a lot of face time with them. You know, it's all from the kids' perspective, right? Um, like peanuts or something. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so the bad guys, which the government, right? They're looking for this alien, and there's a scene when one of the, I don't know who it is, like one of the government agents, reaches down, grabs some Reese's pieces out of grass, like he's investigating, and then eats some. They eats one of them. <laughs> Just like the stuff. Remember the stuff? Of course, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny. Like, first of all, you would, if you were looking for an alien, you would just walk by that trash. There was no way you would, it would be of any interest to you. And then he eats it? Yeah, you know? this this could be a contaminant. Let me devour it. I And, and it, <laughs> I, I, I was reading the IMDb trivia. Keys, they're made of pasta. <laughs> Um, okay, so one of the first, uh, you know, so obviously uh, they form a bond, Elliot and E.T. do, right? Yeah. And the first time it manifests is they make each other sleepy. I know, I know, yeah. that Because he finds an alien and then they get tired together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough thing to write and to execute. You know, it's funny because it, it does, it did, the connection becomes very apparent, obviously, with this, the drunk scene and, and all that stuff. But I didn't realize that that was probably the, that's the first moment, right? Yeah. That, that he's immediately latching on to Elliot. Like, yeah, yeah. that's odd. He's like, I'm going to D 
do this alien weird thing where I latch onto your soul and uh, yeah. sort of control you in a weird way. Yeah, that, it's, it's cute. Don't worry, it's cute. I'm a million years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not my first rodeo. Um, Elliot's room is my dream room yeah. when I was a kid because he had like a it was like a half workshop. Like, like he was doing shit in there. Brian Singer's too. <laughs> And but he had like a whole like long table with all the stuff and Star Wars figures. Yeah, there's like a segment of the film where he's announcing different classic Star Wars yeah. figures. That's a great. And yeah. they're all we, monsters. They're all the good ones. It's like well, Snaggletooth and you know, it's not it's not Luke and Leia, it's the it's the important ones. One human gets name checked. Do you remember who it is? I don't. Lando. Oh, that's right. Which was weird. Lando. Lando was pretty new at the time when they were filming yeah. this. Yeah. So he's got like um Walrus, it's sort of a racist comment if you think about it. He, what do you mean? he mentions all these disgusting creatures and the one black guy. No, he mentions he mentions uh, the super cool guy. You know, that's the, the Lando was a cool figure back then. He wanted Lando. Yeah. You know, but it'd be better if he said Lando and here's his main man Lobot. Yeah, that would have loved that. Right. Yeah. Does, this he, is, does he have Lobot? I don't think so. Oh, no, that means. Yeah, good. I remember there's a scene, a deleted scene where he's in the corner. It's like I wish I had ET. I wish I had Lobot, but. Came up short on Christmas. Um, if by the way, if this movie were were your story, Santa fucked me, you know, on Lobos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 find ET, you bond with ET. This film doesn't end with a, a, a chase and all that. It ends with two fucking idiots, one alien, and one man, just sitting in the corner biting toys, <laughs> biting action figures. Yeah, um, ET dies a way different way. Here's the thing. Elliot's got a parking meter in his room. Did you notice that? I, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, he's got like a part like you know, they threw a parking meter in there. I did um, notice there's a scene where ET tries to eat a matchbox car and the puppeteering doesn't get the matchbox car directly into his mouth. Yeah. So it's under his mouth and he's and he's chewing on it. Yeah. Yeah. And ET and Elliot gets mad. It's a huge whiff, uh, huge huge puppetry whiff. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that parking meter that E.T. looked at it and said, uh, what? What the fuck is this doing in your room? Um, but I didn't I did notice that. It, and he, here's the here's the Star Wars figures he mentions. Greedo, first one. Yeah. Hammerhead, who I one of my all time favorites. All right. Uh, and so much fun to bite. Walrus Man, Lando. And he does bust Boba Fett out. Yeah. Yeah. Boba Fett recently in the news. I don't know if you heard. Yeah. Well, and Elliot says, I hope they give him an original miniseries someday called the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And, and he's like, and I hope the actor that got nothing for playing him died right as it happened. I know. God, Jeremy Bullock, you know, it's funny is Steve, uh, he, he texted me that day. He was finally off the hook. Cause Steve is long. And he's talked about on the old show, how he stiffed Jeremy Bullock for an autograph, for like a $50 autograph. And he, he's been he's been on the lamb ever since. Stiffed him. What do you mean? Like he, apparently, Steve was at the in the autograph line, Jer, Jeremy Bullock's table. Which obviously, as you know, the only way that guy get fed is through that. Um, mm. And he asked for some unreasonable am, amount of money for his autograph. And Steve got the autograph, and then something distracted Jeremy Bullock, and then Steve took off. <laughs> So every time, every time in the 20 years that has followed after that Dragon Con, whenever Jeremy Bullock or Boba Fett or hell, rocket mm. launchers are mentioned, I got to hear about how he dodged Johnny Law. 
stole from Boba Fett. Yeah. That is a weak. That's a weak move, Steve. You know? I don't know. Um, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of our friend. But the scene, uh, the scene of Gertie screaming with E.T. chasing her is one of the all-time greats. What a cute scene. I know. You know but Drew Barrymore is very funny in this movie. Yeah. This is this was pre rock solid chin, so she was just a little pugnacious treat. Mm-hmm. You know, pre Firestarter, you know. I love it. You know, D. Wallace goes fights Cujo. You know, Drew goes and hands hands it over to uh, you know the the George C. Scott and Henry Thomas goes and gets involved in all sorts of Gerald's game or whatever he's in. Yeah, he flash forwarded. You bet he is in Gerald's game. Mm-hmm. What did nice. McNaughton's one would have got completely dicked. Um, but McNaughton, the older brother in this, got sidelined during the press for this because he wasn't young or I guess he wasn't as cute as the other two or something. It's kind of, kind of a shitty story because he's great. He's great in this movie um, and certainly one of the stars. So what do you think? Um, what do you, I think he's actually fantastic. He's fun. Yeah, he's, he's, he's funny and he's he's great. Spielberg has a line in this when he, Elliot's explaining the rules of the world to E.T. and he says, nobody eats a shark. Okay, Spielberg. We okay, you know, a little self-referential there. Right. They also have peanut butter in the fridge, which is a big no-no. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I got. I hard agree. Yeah. I, I, do, do people do that? Do people keep peanut butter in the fridge? Not necessary, right? Right. Or have I been doing it wrong? So then, Ellie, uh, Et gets scared by an umbrella. <laughs> really jotting down the necessary notes here. Yeah, uh, it's a number. It's not. Do you think this is a, a movie where there's been a lot of before this, or did Spielberg pioneer the umbrella scare? Do you know? I didn't zoom that hard, to be honest. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, Elliot confirms with Gertie that ET's a boy because remember Gertie dresses ET up uh, in drag at one point. You know, you don't know if it, but Elliot seems to know that he's a boy. Is that because they're linked? He certainly didn't check the undercarriage, I don't think. He didn't hold him upside down to look, did he? Like you would a kitten or something. It would be such a better film. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, he does, he does like, you know, just like a dick check. What do you think of all the uh, magic that E.T. has? Magical powers. Not enough just to be an alien on the, in, the, in the world. You have to have, you have to come quick with conjuring you know, and do levitation and stuff. Would you like that? Yeah. You know, there's a part of me that would like to do a, a fan edit of this film mm-hmm. uh, where the ship's about to take off and E.T. soars through the fucking sky to the ship. Because he, <laughs> that would save some time. That'd be awesome if he could fly. He takes bike, <laughs> hundreds of bikes in the sky. Actually, that's true. He can levitate. Why did he fly to the ship, dick face? Movie's eight seconds long. I'm lo- I'm lost. I'm found. I'm gone. You know, like Elliot has a shit life. You know, he's like, <laughs> aliens. Like, look, we're gonna we're gonna take off above the clouds. Just di- whenever the coast is clear, just zip up to us. And we'll open yeah. a hatch. Yeah, and you don't even have to bring bicycles. Just fly you. You mm-hmm. know. But I guess he didn't. Et didn't think on his feet. His ugly feet. <laughs> yeah, he's not like he just he panicked and didn't use his power. Yeah. The fucking aliens on the ship are shaking their heads. Fucking million year olds. <laughs> Doesn't he realize he can just levitate up here? What the? I mean, he can haul fuck? ass. He can haul ass in the sky to the ship. And then they're like watching him. They're observing him on their little monitor in the ship. And they scare, They see that he gets scared by an umbrella. They're like, let's just get out of here. <laughs> He's fucking lost. 
Yeah, and they live on a rain, oh. they live on a rain planet. They do. Yeah. Is that is the lore? I mean, they're botanists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. William Cotswold oh. wrote a uh, pseudo sequel to this, if I remember correctly. What What is that? Yeah. What? So, what was their mission here? Just to gather plants from other worlds, I guess. Yeah, they gather and they gather mm-hmm. things that look like something out of uh, you know the Hobbit. You yeah. Know, that fucking that 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 tree head thing on the ship reminds me of every cabin I've rented. We get we get to the scene. So ET is left to his own devices at home. He gets hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately gets drunk. Yeah, yeah he gets fucking. Really has to go to school. He for, he stays home one day sick, which is what taught me as a kid. I think I tried to pull this off, hold a thermometer up to a lamp to to pretend that you have a temperature. I think I did that when I was a kid. You know, I was like, "Oh, this will never. This will work." I'm basing this on one of the most popular movies of all time. This trick. Um, uh, but yeah, so the next day he goes to school and ET's left to his own devices at home. He has the, he has free reign. Right. And he proceeds to get shit faced. I mean, right. then he starts drinking. I mean, he's already shit faced, but then, but he is a, he gets drunk. And one thing I loved about that scene is in the school, Elliot <laughs> draw, he's drawing ET. You, did you notice the, the teacher takes a look at it, takes a look at it, doesn't take it away. He's like, Oh, it's, no. it's, it's, it's ET. I'm going back to the desk. Yeah, and he, and he even writes E.T. on it. Like, okay. he already named him E.T. Yeah. yeah. It's a cute drawing. I tried to find a picture of it online. I, I couldn't find it. Yeah, and then I thought it was cool for him. He wrote Ralph McQuarrie underneath. <laughs> that was kind of cool. So what happens? He gets E.T. starts to drink, and what happens to Elliot in school? He, he uh, There's a, a, a frog dissection about to happen, and we see the liberation of such frogs. Also, there's this uh, girl... Who's the young girl that's been giving him the eye through this uh, this classroom? Well, Erica Eleniak, right? Yeah, who who later bared all. Did she? Oh, yeah, big time. Playboy I know she's on Baywatch, right? Playboy model, oh. uh, best known for Under Siege and Chase. Yeah, Baywatch Chasen. too, right? Maybe, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'm a bit, yeah. I mean, Under Siege. Yeah, and <laughs> so he gets, he gets his yeah, first yeah. kiss. We, we see frogs of all sorts. Yeah, so E.T. is watching TV and there's a very romantic movie on where this guy grabs a girl and that that Elliot's kind of mimicking the TV through E.T. It's just it's strange. It's a strange sequence, I think. I remember we dissected frogs in middle school and the frogs were already dead. They were gone. They were already gone. Yeah. So this yeah. thing, he, the teacher brings about a million. I mean, he has like seriously like 100 live frogs in that room. Um, yeah, I actually got a little nervous at some of the scenes. Because it looked like there was going to be some actual injuries of frogs and that the people stepping around. There's a scene where somebody yeah. almost crushes one, and it's it's obviously where the actor. It's not. It's not. It wasn't meant to be like that. The actor actually had to move quick, or they were going to squish a man. You know, I don't like when frogs yeah, die a, for art. I, I mean, there's the scene where they're putting frogs in jars. There's about looks like there's about fifteen of them in the room, but all of a sudden, in that scene when they're all breaking loose, there's so many frogs. There's there's like eighty yeah. frogs on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was neat when they were all singing an Amy Mann song while this was all happening. And then he grabs the girl, the young girl, and kisses her, and then they Spielberg does this weird thing where he sh- he he shows her shoe turn like she's like, yeah. That is that's another super Spielberg. The thing I hate about that scene, and I didn't notice mm-hmm. until this watch, like she's in like she's like apparently what? no apparently ET can control more than just his the person he's bonded with. Okay. Because a another boy crawls on his hands and knees in order for Elliot to stand up and kiss this girl. Right. It's it just is the too- weirdest fucking thing. I'd say this is probably the least, it's- the least uh, 
the 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 scene I like the least in the movie, and it's it feels so, it feels like it's trying to do everything. You know, I know that the you know ET is connected to Elliot, but the shoe turn bothers me, Nick. It's almost like he was trying to do a Norman Rockwell scene. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just, just, I mean, what she, what she's like, I've had my first, uh, my first, uh, like, just my true love or something. It's just like, it's just such a weird thing to put in the movie. Well, I mean, she, I think it's, she's smitten because she's kissed an elfin boy half her size who is attached to a million year old alien. <laughs> You know, saying. I mean, against her will, by the way, it's just that she wasn't asking for yeah, a kiss from yeah, in front of in front of everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Tom and, and, he, and, and, and with. Yeah. And with uh, just how she always wanted it with a 80 frogs uh, tearing us around the room and her teacher watching, and another you know? and, and another boy serving as a footrest with his able to look up her skirt. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 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 It's a weird scene. Spielberg should have worked on that one for the special edition not the not the guns to walkie talkie thing anyway i i do love the fact that um <laughs> we we discover uh that et has a healing ability so halloween is approaching and so right. the kids are all getting dressed up this is a really cute moment where et is <laughs> somehow somehow d wallace uh cannot tell that her daughter has and encephalic head or whatever you want to call it uh, under the ghost yeah, sheet. Yeah, they concoct a plan where they're going to meet. Yeah, they're going to take E.T. They're going to try to get E.T. out on Halloween night so he can contact us. They, they've made a device, which you're talking about. Elliot cut himself on the device and E.T. heals his finger with his little his yeah, long E.T. During his downtime at home, he has learned how to speak and how to construct uh, mm. TV, you know, telephones to his planet. Yeah, he uh, disemboweled a speaking spell. That's horrifying to me, because I, I the yeah. speaking spell is a beloved device in my household, and he he uh, disemboweled that thing. He he gutted it. Although the the saw blade as a as a phonograph is inspired, it is yeah. And um, so he's putting together this device to to communicate with his home, and the the kids come up with a plan to get ET out under the nose of the mom under a a sheet. And pretend it's Gertie. And Gertie, they just like let Gertie go by herself. They're like, meet us at, meet us on the outskirts of town. Five year old, we'll see you out there. Good luck. Um, and 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 just be button cute, so so everybody can notice how button cute you are. Yeah, and so uh, they, it works. It's a very cute sequence. But you, what you're talking about, what you what you like is what happens with the the healing in that scene. The yeah, Robert McNaughton has has a, uh, a a fake blade through his head, and ET keeps trying to heal it, and he's going, "Ouch, ouch!" <laughs> so cute. It is, so that is cute. an amazing part. But did you hear what he wanted to dress as, and no. the mom wouldn't let him? His friends, who are in this movie, were all going as terrorists, and the mom said, "No, you are not going as a terrorist for Halloween." So he dresses up as a instead of like a hobo with a knife through his head. So it's a it's a right. second it's a it's a last minute thing. The, the cute thing is the nod to uh, Star Wars continues when someone dresses Yoda approaches ET uh, on the streets when they're in Halloween and ET uh, tries to communicate with it, which I love. Plus, they play a little Star Wars music on the score mm-hmm. there. Plus, that's and, a great. Yoda. When you, it's either a great Yoda costume or a decent Ed Asner costume. <laughs> but 
Um, and then when you think about them adding E.T. into the Phantom Menace, I truly think that you can say that E.T.'s species is Star Wars canon. I love that about it. Right. Yeah. It makes yeah, me wonder right. when, that's, when that spinoff show is coming, you know, like botanist, you know. How do you feel about E.T.'s feet in this? I mean, they're disgusting, not functional, totally gross. The whole thing he has going on with his body is is is, is tough to, to, to watch, you know? It looks like he has landed from a, a skyscraper jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I wonder what... I would love to see, and I'm sure it's in books or something, the what they went through to get to that design. Like, what else... What did he look like before they settled on that? Well, you, there, you know? there, there are famous illustrations. I'd never seen these. Yeah, and, and Carlo Rim, Carlo Rimbaldi is the guy that did the effects for that. Um, and he's it's funny is this is the only effect that he's done that I found convincing. He did the silver bullet wolf too, which sucked. Yeah, but uh, I remember I remember there were other illustrations that it's it's hard. I mean, think actually it's a obviously they nailed it because think about how many ET related bits of merchandise to wear. I, I was heartbroken when my, one of my ET toys, I either lost it or it broke. I used to have all sorts of ETs. Did you? And it was that design as weird as it is. You look at Yoda too. Yoda is something that the first time you look at it, it's disgusting almost. And that now it's, we love it. So there's something very special about what they, they chose to do with that disgusting piece of shit. <laughs> but, um, so when you know Elliot is out with ET by himself, and they're going to go to the woods, uh, you know he has ET in his bike's basket. ET immediately flies them off the cliff. Like it's not even. It's like immediately they're flying off a cliff. It, I think they're. He's basically biking them through the woods for about a minute before that happens. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that there wasn't a little bit more concern. Yeah. You know, from the part of Elliot. I like. I, that. I, yeah. That was my dream too, by the way. I, I love the way they use bikes in this movie. I was when not this the, the flying bikes were cool, but to me, the at the end when the kids are tearing ass away from the government agents and they're going uh, over the dirt hills and stuff on their BMX bikes, I that was like my dream. I I wanted to be the I wanted to be in that kind of <laughs> you know uh, chase. Actually, Robert McNaughton has a great evasive action scene on a bike too. What's he do? Where there's a scene where there's a car sort of ghosting him mm-hmm. uh, when he's tr- oh, yeah. when he's trying to find ET's gray out, grayed out desiccated body, um, and he does this. He does. A, he outsmarts a car. It's really cool. Cool scene. Yeah, he, he cuts back because you have more freedom on a bike, right? So you can you can get through little nooks and crannies. And he he uses the yards, you know, the, the neighborhood yards as a, to his advantage. Well, yeah, and there, what, what this all leading, of course, is E.T. has started to become infirm, so they have to get him back to his spaceship. So they do all this shit at Halloween to try to get him back to his people. They use their device. Elliot is starting mm-hmm. to get sick, too, because they're bonded. So they're out in the woods and the cold and this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> Elliot... Elliot... Uh, he falls asleep. He, he falls asleep and wakes up all shitty. Can't find E.T. Um, wanders home where his mom is scared shitless, and that's when he kind of tells Robert McNaughton to go to go find ET in the woods. Right. And he goes on this bike chase while, while they try to deal with Elliot and yeah, the government agents are at this point are encircling. They have like listening devices. They know that these kids have been talking about weird shit. Right. But what's amazing is, uh, mm-hmm. McNaughton finds ET 
And he's a gray husk on the ground with a fucking raccoon, raccoon companion. I do not remember this at all. I cannot believe E.T. and a raccoon were hanging out. I wonder what was going on all night. I missed this. The best part of this movie is what happens in the, in the eight hours between when Elliot falls asleep and when E.T.'s desiccated body and the raccoon are hanging out. So I don't. I, so, so Elliot falls asleep out there and E.T. waters off, right? Like you said. And then immediately he completely fucks up, gets turned around. Uh, and then he falls, he falls asleep in water. Like that's not good at night. I think he, I think he, if you look at those feet, he tripped over probably an acorn and fell f- down a hill into a fucking, you know, like a ravine where there's a, a water collecting area. And he looks like a, like, like a fossilized piece of poop. Like he, he got, you know, when poop turns white, that's what he think about like. it. Absolutely. I think that was what it said in the script. You know, when shit, when a cat shit stays white. Yeah. When it's old, it's so old, it starts to turn white. That's what, that's what ET looks like. And then Elliot sees him and says, I don't want him anymore. Get, throw him out in the trash. But look, can we please talk more about the raccoon? Of course. Cause I, I gotta wonder, I gotta wonder what that thing did to that body, you know, <laughs> rummaging around on the body probably sprayed its musk on it. Yeah, you know, it just completely was you know using its cute hands like pawing at ET, digging at shit. You know, ET's like, bah! you know, like trying to trying to communicate with Elliot. Nothing good's coming out of it. But then He's the rac- a- that's one of the best raccoon actors I've ever seen. I you know what? I I agree cuz if you look at his face, he looks blown away that aliens exist. <laughs> Just read it on his face. <laughs> the alien or the raccoon? The raccoon. Yeah. His mind is blown. He just, this changed his world, you know? Anyway. So they, they bring E.T. back to the house. Elliot. He's probably, he's probably attracted because E.T. smells like a fucking damn Reese's Pieces factory, you know? <laughs> he's like, he thought he hit the jackpot and then, you know, he thought he'd have Reese's Pieces on him, but it's, it's, there's, you know, there's nothing. It smells like beer and Reese's Pieces. <laughs> his farts must be insane, you know? True. Yeah, that is and cold peanut butter. I mean, that is a raccoon's not the most intelligent of mammals, so it's probably thinking this is a lidless trash can that's weird. (laughs) He's trying to figure out how to open it. You know, he's like, if it smells this bad without me opening it, I got to figure out how to get in. You know, cool. Et tried a salad like one, you know, once. Yeah. Well, no, that that, that's leading to the what's so great. So. They get they get this husk of a gray turd ET to the house. There he's on the floor right. with Elliot. Elliot's starting to feel a little bit better. ET not as much, and that's when they cover the house in the uh, old. Uh, they turn it into a quarantine area, and that's yeah. that's I remember that that creeped me out as a kid. The idea of like I always I think I had this innate fear that that could happen to my house at any given time. So it's very strange, yeah, because because you know once. Um, Robert Renaton gets a you know ET home and they're the kids are in the bathroom. The mom finally sees this alien and is freaked out. Um, but you, you, you know, the, then they then the agents come in the house, but they're dressed as astronauts. I forgot about that. They're dressed in full, you know, cliche astronaut gear. Yeah, um, which is strange, right? Is is it not strange? <laughs> they got yeah. damn astronauts walking in slow motion in their house. Like, why? Yeah. I mean, I, I can I get like hazmat suits, right? I get that, but why yeah. do you think they did astronauts? Because it just looks so strange. Yeah, and D. Wallace is cooking dinner, and they're like, "No thanks," and they break out some dehydrated cubes and eat them. 
<laughs> but am I wrong? Is it? Is it? Should it? Don't you think? Don't you expect to see people in hazmat suits just kind of coming in? Yeah. 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 I mean, they got the whole mirrored face masks and everything. Like, I feel like they went for something there that didn't quite get. The funny yeah. thing is, though, I remember this being this drawn out sequence, and the and the and, the, and these these astronaut guys are awful and they're really not. Peter Cody actually empathizes with Elliot rather quickly, but he does lie directly to the kid's face. What does he say? He says to Elliot, he says, you did the best anyone could do. <laughs> and I was counting on my fingers, junk food, weather extremes, beer, Halloween trauma, uh, flight, <laughs> you know, unsupervision, uh, hanging around with stuffed animal. Like there's nothing Elliot did right. Elliot is an awful person. He fucked Elliot fucked. I don't know. I think he fell in love. With I think they bonded. I think that's what Peter Coyote was picking up there. Nick, I'm going to push back on your, your joke. Cause I know that you know this, but um, I like Peter. That's the thing. I, one thing I will take what you're saying is they do set these guys up to be menacing the whole movie. And at the end, when ET's dying, they they just they're trying to take care of him. You know, they're not in dissect mode yet. Yeah, um, they're trying to save his the alien's life. Um, they're excited to cut him open later when they think he's dead. But, yeah, and you know, so what, obviously, ha- what happens? What happens next? ET codes. <laughs> he uh, Elliot, and then he right before he dies, he does something very nice. He disconnects from Elliot, so Elliot starts to um, regain some health. I mean, Elliot's tapping a repeatedly and you see him start to color starts to return to his face. But, mm-hmm. but what happens? He, he doesn't die. He doesn't, he gets put in a cooler. <laughs> Does he bond Elliot. with that flower? Yeah. He's got, he's got flower power uh, in this movie. He, 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 he's controlling the dead flowers, bringing them back to life. He's got resurrection capabilities, I guess. I guess he's, I mean, he's a botanist. Yeah. Like he's a, he's an alien botanist. They, that's what they do. I remember whenever ET e. is fading away and Peter Cody is like in his face. He's like, just, just tell me one thing. Why did you try to sleep in water like a fucking idiot? You know, like <laughs> at night before you die. Explain yeah. it to us. Um, but but E.T. doesn't die. He doesn't. He, mm-hmm. comes, he comes back. Yeah, so Spielberg does a very Spielberg thing again. He has one of the the mom reading Gertie, uh, a bedtime story. She's reading Peter Pan. And she's doing the, the part in Peter Pan where Tinkerbell dies. And the audience has to clap Tinkerbell back to life. And so that that's what he's doing very cutely in, in this movie. Written by, by the way, Melissa Mathis in this movie. Ex-wife of a one Harrison Ford. Good writer. Um, interesting career, yeah. I'd say. She passed away. Um, Too young. And she, she collaborated with uh, Spielberg on this. I think he kind of had the story and she wrote the script and worked with him. Yeah, because he um, did this, that, that, dark, that dark skies idea or whatever. Yeah, they try to get more a more um yeah, they took an element from a horror script and made it in TT. So yeah, that that whole thing is very Tinkerbell. That scene, you know, it foreshadows ET coming back to life because Elliot wishes his friend was was among the living. Right. And, uh here's you know, and and he gets his wish. His little heart like starts to glow and he comes back to life. Yeah. And they have to figure out a way to get him back into the woods so he can fall asleep in water again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They sneak him out. Yep, he gets home. The end. I'm trying to look through my... Oh, I forgot that they uh, defibrillated uh, E.T. I forgot about that. That's that's a risk, by the way. Mm -hmm. We know nothing about his anatomy. He might not even have a heart. He might be allergic to electricity. Be funny. Like, remember what happened when they tried to do that in the thing, remember? And I was thinking, that'd be so fucking sweet. 
I like. I just was like, hard, it still takes a hard left for the for the rest of its running time. This is an alien event, right? They got they got an alien for sure in this medical room. They're trying to save its life, and Gertie's in there. I mean, I guess protocols out the window. Like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. the whole family's in this. What, will you stop mentioning Goldie Hawn films? <laughs> protocol. <laughs> got Private Benjamin, fucking protocol. Jesus Christ. Uh, do you think he got grounded later for bringing an alien home? Elliot? I'm out. My parents would have had my ass. You know, that I would yeah. not have heard the end of it. I'm sorry. You're, I'm, I'm happy for you that, you're, that your alien friend got back on a ship and was able to get home, but you do not bring aliens in this house. <laughs> I would yeah. be in, I would have been in big trouble. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, do you think Elliot ever had anything weirder happen in his life than this? I think this is the weirdest <laughs> topper. What do you think? Is, is wow. this a strong number two? No, that's that's just, that's that's the, that's the best. That's the best thing that's happened. Okay. Um, uh, he did. He did. It, it did suck uh, because uh, his father was a tech savvy guy, invented the video call, uh, and by accident, when Elliot reached out to his father, uh, the camera ca- the camera came on the phone, and he got to see his father rinsing off after a passionate session, and uh, got to see a little more than he bargained for. You know. Well, so anyway, like. I, like- <laughs> Like I said, one thing I was very impressed by at the end of this movie, Peter Coyote's character shows up like, you know, they get E.T. to the ship, Elliot and Robert McNaughton, you know, and Gertie. All of a sudden, the mom and Gertie are there and Peter Coyote is there and he has turned this excursion into a semi date. He is, uh, you know, putting the moves on the mom on D. Wallace as these. Yeah insane events happen around him you know he's next to her he's watching this unfold with her he's like he's like oh man this is crazy can you believe this shit's happening you know like he's trying to yeah. you know he's thinking ahead is what i'm saying yeah and i think it works because i in the in the sequel treatment which is insane by the way they like they turned it into like a horror film with bad aliens like i read the treatment they are together um this character and d wallace that's got to be weird um, how'd you guys meet? Um, I was a government agent chasing an alien through the woods when I bumped into a child who had bonded with the alien and, uh, gave him snacks. And then I tried to fuck his mom after a spaceship. <laughs> I mean, you think with Peter Coyote, who was obsessed with aliens and this is, this, is, this incredible event is happening before his eyes. He's seeing something he never thought he'd see before. And he's concentrating on, you know, maybe we can get dinner after this, <laughs> you know, like where's the nearest uh, pizza hut. You know, we could take the kids, you know, or get a babysitter. I don't know. Do you have someone, you know, do you, is there a cousin in town? Is, is McNaughton mature? Cause you know, I, you know what? You got to think about this though. He's got to, he wants to put off filing that report. You know, that's what I'm talking about. The report was huge report. Yeah. Huge report to write. So he's like, you know what? Let me, yeah, let me, let me find, you know, a little piece, you know, a little side piece to get my, you know, get my. That's what he's saying. The boss is reading that. The boss is reading the report. I was like, yeah, okay. So there was an alien. I just wanted to, there's two sentences about that. And then you have a lot of background on the family here, but just to get it straight, there was an alien. Like you did see a spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) You might want to put that in there. That. Yeah, a little more detail on that spaceship, a little less detail on, um, you know, 
her hair color. Yeah, we probably don't need this Titanic drawing of uh, of uh, D Wallace with the fucking jewelry around her neck too. We don't need it. <laughs> we don't need it. It's appreciated for sure. Yeah, we don't need it. Um, anyway, so that's that's the movie. I I really like this movie a lot. I have to say, I still it held up for held up for me. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah, no, it's it's. <sighs> You know, and I, we have seen this template a lot. And I, I think we really nailed it <laughs> talking about it. I think we really treated the listeners as something they didn't know about this movie. You know, like it's just we brought up a lot of facts, a lot of zooms, obviously. Yeah. Talked about themes a lot. Oh, well, the music, the music. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I remember uh, there was a few things. The E.T. toy. There was a toy that I had that had a, a pull string. When you pulled the string, it had like a, a, lot, a bunch of different things that it would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the one, there was one in particular that I thought was pretty great because you pull it. Remember when E.T.'s rocking around saying his own name, E.T., E.T., you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the device, when you pulled the string back, it would say E.T., E.T., Sheety. Oh, it does? Yeah, it was like distorted. I kind of remember this. Yeah. I kind of remember it. Yeah. E.T., E.T., it was very fucked up. Um, but okay, so. I, uh, Wait. Let me ask you this real quick. Did you get, did you tear up at this at the end? Not now. Not now. He used to, he used to shed a tear. Cause when he says Elliot, that's a pretty tough when they're leaving. And you know, Gertie does give ET a little kiss a la Jason Patrick to Jennifer, Jason Lee right. and rush. Yeah. But that was, that's tough to watch the parting of those two. I'll uh, be right kindred. here. Oh yeah. A little too far maybe with that line, but it still makes me. Yeah. He's like, I'll be in your mind. And then Elliot's like, that's great. He's like, literally. Yeah. I have my powers of, is are half, you know, I'm, I, I put a piece of me in your brain matter. Yeah. You're, yeah. You have 10 hours to live, kid. I'm out. <laughs> um, Life short. E.T. E.T. tells him in his own language, I'll see you on my six millionth birthday. They did do a sequel commercial I recently. Know, I, yeah, I've, I've watched it very recently. Uh, people really, people really liked it. What do you think? I liked it. I was just astounded by how little attention ET gave Elliot. Yeah, he likes the kids. He's really into the kids. Yeah. Um. And uh, I mean, I mean, I, it kind of belittles the impact Elliot made on him. He's probably mm-hmm. probably had a lot of time to think about it. You know, like thirty something, forty years or whatever. Like, you know what? I'm a space person. He tried to give me fucking, you know, corn, candy foods, just dumb shit. It's like, these kids are much more interesting. And uh, it's a cute, it's a cute little thing though. It, what is commercial I, for what, Verizon? It's uh, Infinity Mobile or something, something like that. Um, it was cool for Henry Thomas to do because they originally reached out to Robert McNaughton and he turned it down. So they're like, all right, let's get, let's see if we can get, um, they should have done a couple commercials. I would like to see in that how that story unfolded. You know, um, what do you think? Connects back to Elliot I like the again? fact that, and they kept ET looking pretty much like ET, which made me happy. Yeah, it wasn't no some. CG. I mean, there was there was some CG, but it didn't feel out of place. Did they do? Did they show his long net neck? They're very obsessed with his stretchy neck in this. Yeah, I don't think they do it in the commercial. He takes the kids on a flight, though, in the commercial. He's a fucking weirdo, that guy. 
you know, he's like he's like that guy who always has to break out the harmonica at the party. <laughs> like, let's, he's fuck. Are we gonna fly again? You fuck. Oh Jesus. Elliot's like, I'll stay home. The fucking game's on. You go fly around like a fucking asshole. <laughs> you think Elliot liked to fly around again? I guess he doesn't miss it too much. He doesn't get to fly at, in the commercial. Well, I mean, the the po- after the commercial, he gets an FUI. So, um. <laughs> Uh, the, the extended commercial the government agents descend upon it <laughs> at the house they've been surveilling because they probably have been right yeah they probably have Elliot's probably on their radar forever yeah you know well actually it's funny it's so funny because E.T. never broke his bond with Elliot mm-hmm. so E.T. goes up to Elliot's wife and goes it was so much fun sort of fucking you three times pats the kids on the head says i yeah, some of me in you. Like, just I remember, I remember the the, the shoot that made you. You know, <laughs> damn. <laughs> anyway, this, I you know they never did a sequel. Nick, were you, are you? Would you have been interested in watching a sequel to this? I would have. Of course, of course. And actually, I would. I wish they would have done that horror version sequel. Can you imagine fucking with, with people so bad? That this is uh, this the thing is the sequel like had. The bad aliens come and they kidnap, they torture Elliot because they're like looking for E.T. or something. And E.T. comes in at the end. Like he's not even in it that much. Just seems like a it seems like an ill-conceived idea. Like if you come back for E.T. too, you don't want to just E.T. is not you don't want an E.T. cameo at the end. What you kind know? of mean alien is, is is fucking hog wild for a botanist? Where's my where's my where's my botanist, bitch? You know, it's like maybe if ET, maybe ET was, you know, maybe they had, it was like a Pineapple Express kind of thing where ET was growing some of that aliens. I think it'd be great if ET actually, you find out ET has other powers, like a fucking, his chest opens up and like saws fly out and he's got like, you know, like little toe missiles and shit. Predator stuff going on. ET's got a weird heart. You see that when they finally do a little close up of his inner workings? Because when he flashes that heart light, he's got, um, strange stuff going on down there that's why in that new diamond song he's like he's got a weird heart remember (laughs) you have uh been ushered blindfolded on a winding road you've been ushered blindfolded through a winding road in the forest and at the end of the precipice you see a the flickering candlelight within a stone hut and a generator next to the building comes to life and the whirring begins. You realize, oh my gosh, I found the world's most secluded tattoo parlor. And you open up that door and a one-eyed man looks up from his uh, his his work of art wearing a tattered ET t-shirt. And you realize, oh my God, it's Robert McNaughton. Oh, wow. This is, this is, this is what it's become. He's like, What'll it be, sir? Looking at looking at your body, looking at the uh, the, the real estate on you. What Still you an artist. your body. Yeah, happy to see, happy to see he's still an artist. I, you know, I, I'm going to do a, a very a strange thing, and maybe a copyright issue. I would get the the Buck Rogers comic strip, the three paneled Buck Rogers comic strip that ET soaks up inspiration um, from to make his device. You know, and I would just do that exact exact replica on my forearm, and then just maybe a little um, in ET's handwriting underneath. I was inspired by this exact comic strip, just in his handwriting. <laughs> In anything, yeah, a little arrow pointed there. What about you? So I'm going to do a, a, like a melding of nerd cultures. Um, so on on my nape, um, you're going to have that 
like stuffed animal closet with all the faces with mm-hmm. ETs blending in, you know, and it's uh-huh. going to morph into the game of game of Thrones death faces with Arya. So ET and Arya are going to be next to each other. And then it's going to just m- like gently morph from the ET stuffed animal faces to the wall of dead faces from the game of Thrones. I like this. Yeah. Except I reversed it. The, the ET parts sort of in black and white. And then the Game of Thrones side is in vivid color. It's going to be pretty fucking sexy. Sounds fucking... That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And then if I if I clench my back, it'll look like E.T. will start to smell like... Sni- it'll look like he's sniffing. Like, mm. Is that Nancy Grace on your... No, it's E.T. smelling. See? They... By the way, um, there's some... We didn't talk about that scene. There's a plenty of iconic moments from this that, that are referenced still to this day. And that's one of them. Him... Him hiding out in a, in a pile of stuffed animals in a closet, and D. Wildstone right. not hearing something, but not, and he's just in plain sight, but she doesn't realize he's not stuffed. He, she just thinks he's, he's the ugliest stuffed animal of all time, <laughs> a nightmare yeah. stuffed animal. Oh, who got that for? Yeah. Who got this ugly thing for the kids? You know, must have been the dad. Yeah. I think be, I think I think it'd be funny if she shrieks and then she's looking at a stuffed elephant. You know, he, he, she's like shrieking at the thing next to E.T. E.T.'s right. like pissing himself. You know, he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, we didn't solve that. Does it? Does he? Does he pee? We never saw. We never. We never. Does he? The camera never pans it. down. Could be, the house could be rife with piss and shit, and we wouldn't know. Does E.T. pee? I was thinking, what if that? What if that was the last thing you ever said to me? <laughs> so stupid. Still for a joke. Anyway, the answer is yes. <laughs> All right. So you have been uh, you've been given a, a huge wad of cash to create your own ET related piece of merchandise, mm-hmm. restaurant product, whatever it may be. How do you spend that hard earned coin? I've got a so I've I've, I've partnered with Milton Bradley, mm-hmm. and um, it's a very it's it's sort of I don't know if it's going to sell as well as some other T, uh, ET memorabilia, but we'll we'll see what happens. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a triangle-shaped ball, which I guess, guess technically is not a ball, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pretend it is. And um, it's been painted like a pizza slice. And um, so basically, I've sto- I've taken the hungry, hungry hippos idea, and it's just Elliot's friends. Right. And there's a slice of pizza that they you operate them trying to eat with the pizza slices. <laughs> not even Elliot's friends. It's uh, the brothers. Mountains, yeah. Yeah, what's so, this? It's called Hungry Hungry Elliot's uh, Brothers Friends. <laughs> yeah, they got a and they, and it's a smash pizza 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 pizza. It's it's a, no, it's, it's no it's it's a, just a bunch of small pieces of triangle ball <laughs> that you that you're grasping at and are you frantically yeah. manipulating mm-hmm. boys' heads and necks are extending and they're chopping out for pizza. Mine would be I would do it. I think a game because I don't know if that you, know, you ever see they do these themed operation games i love those you know and so i do a themed from et the themed game and then the middle of the board would be who do you think peter coyote (laughs) no no uh elliot and so it would be in the top of the thing it'd be what if elliot got on the spaceship with et and that'd be the top of the game and then there'd be these little heads like E.T. had surrounding Elliot on a slab and he's all opened up everywhere from them dissecting him. 
That'd be so good. And there would be like, you know, on the bomb, oops, shouldn't have gone on that ship. You know, yeah. something like that. E.T. says in perfect English, I'm now going to sever our, my feeling bond with you. It, at the very bottom, it says he loved him, but he needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that would be that would be it. That'd be I'd be I'd sell those, you know, hopefully by the shitload, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it piques everybody's curiosity of like, you know, what if, you know, E.T. wanted to dissect Elliot? Yeah. And 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 the, the, you hear the aliens saying, I don't mm-hmm. care if it buzzes as he's pulling his entire spinal <laughs> column through the slot. Actually, it's a it's a <laughs> it actually doesn't it doesn't buzz. It actually rewards you for doing a sloppy job. It just says it's a yes. Yeah, it, it actually keeps a running total of Elliot's pain. <laughs> and Neil Diamond paid twenty six thousand dollars for the rights to that song. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, see, you know, turn, they, the aliens turn on their heart lights to get a better look at Elliot's lower intestine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, and then uh, the ship passes over rural Texas, and this, this little piece of like a Elliot's skin just, they drop it on its way out, and it just drifts down to, <laughs> flutters down to the ground unceremoniously. My idea is like making me sad. Like I shouldn't have said it. I should. I regret it. So I love uh, the relationship. I. I. I have. I have. Uh, God damn me. You know. You've been uh, tasked with developing a uh, sequel to ET. You know the money's there. Uh, everybody's ready and willing. All right. So uh, Gertie reaches womanhood. <laughs> yeah, and she has an awful visit at the doctor. Who, who tells her uh, the proximity to ET has rendered her infertile? <laughs> Mayday! <laughs> his, his musk kills her eggs. Uh, she's, so she's, she's like five. I'm saying, but she grows up. I mean, she's an older. Mm-hmm. She reaches sexual age, and she is infertile. Uh, ET has ruined her her womb. So she becomes an astronaut, and uh, she Logical. she decides to push the envelope and become the first female um, to go out there and go into deep space to to challenge a botanist to get revenge. Yeah, and mm-hmm. her, yeah, either that or just you know to like have him turn her turn her body back. You know, like he's like right. you got, if you can move a bike through the woods, you can certainly <laughs> untie this knot. You know, because mm-hmm. Gordian knot. And so she she goes into deep space, and unfortunately, um, she is smashed by asteroids. <laughs> Does she see ET? Is he able to? No, no, she never catches. Never gets there. Yeah, and he could have fixed it. Oh, uh, probably not. I mean, she'll no. never know. You know, she'll never know. Did I steal yours? No, mine was going to be is going to follow the because <clears throat> I was really kind of fixated on the relationship between Peter Coyote and D. Wallace Stone. She. Um, you know, he becomes the, the father that those kids like are missing because they, they have a deadbeat dad member. He's he's involved in their life, but he's always kind of like 
I got to get back to my vacation. Yeah. And so he, he kind of steps in as a father figure. They get, you know, he marries Elliot's mom. <clears throat> uh, you know, things are going okay. But then he, his secretary, he meets, he, he falls in love with his secretary. And then he leaves, uh, he goes to Mexico as well <laughs> <laughs> with his secretary. So D. Wallace Stone is twice spurred herself in the situation. And um, yeah, that's 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 it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a. This sounds like a. Uh, did Michael Winterbottom direct ET two? <laughs> <laughs> and they do have one. They do have one scene of, at the end. The very last scene is they go up through the clouds and there's a spaceship. And ET's in there, and he's watching it on the monitor unfold. And he, he says, "That's a shame." credits I just like the fact that he became a second generation Mexican person in space what are you talking about I did a perfect ET impersonation (laughs) he he does that long gravel voice I love it I love it yeah I worked on him Uh, Deborah Winger Doing supplying some of that voice, uh, not not completely, but yeah, and she was an inspiration for it, which mm-hmm. we talked she, about on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be funny if he, got, he ET keeps using his powers to levitate people from Mexico back to D Wallace's house, and they're furious, you know, like they're in in flagrante, and there's you know, and, and they're going through the sky naked, scromping as ET levitates them back to D Wallace, and she's like, I don't want to see these people fuck. Of course, they probably stop fucking somewhere between Mexico and L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. Um, all right. So you, you've you been inserted into E.T., the movie, oh, God. and you get to be a character in this action. Well, you know, did you, you did read the trivia that Corey Feldman was going to be in this movie as, e. as Elliot's friend, and they they got rid of him. They cut him out. Not that he was. I think they cut him out before they started shooting, but I'm just saying that that's a possibility. He got to be in Gremlins. So he, he did. Gotta... That's what I think that's what Spielberg promised him. He's like, I got I got a role for you in Gremlins. I'm like creepy, uh, wicked man um, who uh, very well funded, but wicked and cruel. And um, of course, I've got every known tracking device, CB Mm -hmm. radio, shortwave, all this shit. I'm constantly listening out there for chatter about aliens because I am a collector and I have a menagerie uh, that I've been. Whenever an alien or some sort of unexpected ship or whatever comes through, I, I try my damnedest to be a part of it. And I've been lucky. I've gr- I've grabbed one of the greys from the Roswell incident. I've got a, a mantis alien. I've got something from Zeta Reticula. I've got them all in my menagerie. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And E.T. is slower, uh, easier to deal with. I know I need that. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, uh, he gets away that, you know, mm-hmm. in that. But he's not the only alien left behind on that ship that, that, that night, that fateful night. And I've got a different guy captured him immediately. No problem. No sweat. You know, lickety split, took him back to my, his cage, threw him into the menagerie and I am greasing him up nightly and just trying shit. I'm trying him out all the time. So it's just happening concurrently with with all of the other shit. So you're a little bit of a uh, what would you say? Like an, I guess an alien rapist? Is that what you're getting uh, at? No, 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 no. I would never say that. 
no, no. But other uh, people say it. I mean, this is what it's, it seems horrific. Are you talking about? I'm a sophisticated man who enjoys the intimacy of space people. And and so the aliens into it? Uh, aliens aliens are uh, drugged beyond fucking reasonable doubt. <laughs> <laughs> end of the show is taking a turn. <clears throat> I would just, I'm just going to try to, I'd be the bro. I'd be like a D Wallstone. I'd be the uncle, the fun uncle. That everybody always loved. Like he's, he's there. He's been, he comes into town and he, he, he knows that the family's going through a hard time. He's kind of the life of the party. He takes kids to the movies, takes, you know, buys dinner. takes the whole family out, mini golf. And I show up right after ET leaves the next day i'm there i'm like guys i'm back we're gonna have a blast and everybody's bummed out and i have been supplanted i can no longer my, my the uncle is no longer no one cares he's forever overshadowed by something cooler that happened right he's no longer he can no longer help and he just gets super self-conscious and um you know that that and he you know he tries to you know, dress up like an alien. He tries to kind of take on some ET mannerisms. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's on his he's on his knees. He's waddling around, putting on the bath bathrobe. Tries to falls asleep in water. <laughs> desperate, desperate <laughs> shit, desperate shit. I think um, it'd be funny. He comes back. He was there the week before. He's like, I actually hid my hallucinogenics in a Reese's Pieces bag. <laughs> um, they, you, you didn't eat any, did you? Because last time I ate them, I thought there was a fucking alien in town. <laughs> the family finally snaps out of it. They see Peter Coyote at the shopping center, and he's like, I have never met you before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is <laughs> he working there? It's like a, a mall kiosk. Yeah. It's like, oh. Um. Oh my God! You stayed past the credits, and there's a stinger oh, after ET. Question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I Man, got a good stinger. You know, it's, it's a shame we didn't do a stinger for the swarm. <laughs> I got a pretty good stinger, I think. So, like, you know, the the sad part happens at the end, and um. The alien, uh, you know, ET boards the ship. A tears, tears. Even ET's crying at the end. You notice that he's he's even shedding tears of those big, beautiful blue eyes of his. Mm -hmm. And they watch the the ship lift off with beautiful music playing. And you just hear from the inside of the ship, "You motherfuckers!" Like he just starts going <laughs> hog wild, just like throwing stuff, throwing a huge tantrum that they left him. He's sc screaming. They never even knew he knew so many words. Like. Yeah. Perfect English. You know, you fucking left me here, you pieces of shit. <laughs> he just throws a huge tantrum. You could hear the stuff, you know, that he's just uprooting all the plants that they collected <laughs> on numerous planets, destroying everything. And that you could hear the aliens crying like, but we came back for you. Not good enough. Not quick enough. I had to befriend a goddamn fucking brick. <laughs> I had to go lie next to a raccoon for hours. Fuck. I try to kill myself in water. That's how bad it got. Um, but yeah, that's what I would. I have a friend in Iraq. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. He just threw the wildest tantrum as it 
as a, the people on the ground pretended not to hear it. And then they cut to the yeah. pilot and he looked at the camera in space. Everyone can hear him screaming. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I have a similar ending to mine. Yeah. Um, the ship takes off. It's beautiful. goes out into space, breaks through our atmosphere. It is, it's heading towards home. Um, immediately sucked into the tractor beam of a larger ship where it is crushed instantly like a tin can. <laughs> that's, that's a, don't forget to stay past the credits, kids. <laughs> So we have a sweet surprise for you. Um, and so, yeah, that sucks. That That's tough. Yeah. And then like another, like the, then the, you know, the FBI warning comes up and then they cut back to space and like a piece of E.T.'s cheek that's just frozen and just passes the camera. So, hey, look, you've been collecting debris from movies for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. You have an island of your own. It's uh, It's your own menagerie, really. And what piece of debris from E.T. would you like to add to your accompaniment? Well, I already know this one because I wrote it down. I know what I'd take. All right. they, have a, they have a shot, a very just like beautiful shot of uh, Strawberry Shortcake's arch nemes- nemesis, Purple Pie Man. <laughs> He's sitting on a shelf. Just I, I don't know in Gertie's room or whatever, but I would take Purple Pie Man. I was always a fan of the of the kind of the the tall and I guess blueberry smelling I don't know what he smelled like because you know all the strawberry shortcake dolls and they all smelled like some kind of uh, pie or fruit purple pie man was like this horrible bad guy but I always liked him I always thought he had a cool look and I'd just be sniffing I'd be walking on my island just every once in a while I'd take it out of my pocket and just sniff it you know because he smells like he smells like blueberry pie, I guess. That, is there still strawberry shortcake? Is that still around? I mean, <clears throat> I'd have to look it up, but yes. Okay. No, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I imagine they still make that stuff. Do you remember that? That was a big deal. I, you know, you didn't have a sister growing up, but I did, and that was a big. She was a huge strawberry shortcake man. <clears throat> That's cool. My mom was very excited because there was a. My mom, her name was Ada, and there was one of the dolls was called was named Lemonada, and she was thrilled that her name made it into, you know, the Strawberry Shortcake Kingdom. Yeah, she didn't often hear her name, basically. But go ahead. What, what about you? What, what I have a you? very similar thing. Um, I've kept the grayed out, desiccated body of ET. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not what you think um there is a section of my island that is jagged rocks <laughs> <laughs> roughly the same color as his body and what i like to do is i like to mystery his body someplace <laughs> i like to leave him in a weird angle in those rocks and and force one of my guests to go walking through that area and just laugh when they when they think they were stepping on hard and they stepped stepped on soft. <laughs> so it was like a weird, where's Waldo type situation. Yeah. It's like, where's desiccated gray ET. Yeah. Did, what do you, you know how Waldo has accessories that you can also find? Oh, really? Would you, 
You don't you know that? And when you they don't just you don't just find Waldo, but you find his hat, his cane, his dog. Okay, I would do something like that. I would wrench out his teeth. 